great big smile We sit right down Charles Watson was born again on May 23, 1975, at the California Men's Colony. His transformation can best be described as amazing grace. Here's one of his messages from his early years of ministry. Until I see the man, the Prince of Peace. Good to see you tonight. Praise God. We're going to go into a study on the believer is. The believer is. Or you might say who you are in Christ. You might say what the believer is, but the believer is. And the first point that we want to see tonight on the overhead projector is that the believer is what? Forgiven. Amen. Forgiven. How many of you recognize that you have been forgiven? Glory to God. I have faith in the word of God that I have been forgiven. No matter what your crime might be, no matter what your sin may be, the main thing to recognize is that you were going in the wrong way. You were not in fellowship with God, and you needed forgiveness, and you were forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7, the first scripture that we want to look at here and see that we were forgiven. Amen. Maybe tonight you don't know if you were forgiven. You might not understand that God forgives all sin. You might not understand that God washes you just as white as if you had never sinned. But tonight you're going to find out that you have been forgiven, glory to God, of your sin, no matter what it is. Ephesians 1, 7 says, in whom? In other words, in God. In God or in Jesus Christ, we have redemption. We have redemption. In other words, Jesus went into the slave market and paid the price for our sin, amen? We were slaves to sin and to death and to the devil. And Jesus went into that slave market and said, hey, here's my blood. It pays for those sins right there. And I'm redeeming them out of that slave market right now. In Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. He went in there and said, hey, here's my blood. I shed it upon the cross for those sins. And now, Satan, you have no more ownership over them. Amen. You have no more right to them. They're mine. I bought them. I've paid the price. I've redeemed them, in other words, with my blood. That was the price for the wages of our sin, the blood of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In other words, God had rich grace upon us. Amen. In other words, he had rich grace. In other words, we did not merit we were totally unmerited in what we received, but God had rich grace upon us. God shed his grace upon us, his rich grace, because he gave Jesus Christ, who gave his blood for the redemption of our sin so that we can now be forgiven. Amen? You say, well, Charles, why are we forgiven? Because I have faith that Jesus Christ went to the cross for me and shed his blood for me and for you, and therefore we're forgiven. Feels good to be forgiven, doesn't it? Glory to God. Also, a scripture we want to look at is found in Acts, in Acts chapter 10, that tells us we have been forgiven. Of course, the disciples, the apostles were out ministering, and here they had just ministered at Cornelius' house. In Acts 10, verse 43, Peter was preaching a sermon about Jesus Christ, 
uh, rising from the dead. And then in verse 43, it says to him, in other words, to Jesus, gave all the prophets witness. All the prophets in the Old Testament, well, most of them anyway, witnessed that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. But here it says, to him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. In other words, their sins shall be forgiven. Their sins shall be remitted. Their sins shall be wiped out. Amen. How? How do, do our sins get wiped out? Well, it says here, it says that whosoever believeth in him, that our sins are wiped out. What do we got to do? We got to believe in Jesus. And when we believe in Jesus, what are we simply believing in? That Jesus came and died upon the cross for our sin, wiped out our sin, went down into hell, defeated the works of the devil, and resurrected and gave us life everlasting. Glory to God. That's what we believe in. Amen. That Jesus came and was crucified, dead, and buried, and raised from the grave on the third day and gave life to all mankind. That's what we believe in. We believe in him. Amen. And because we believe in him, he remits and wipes out all of our sin. Glory to God. Just as if we had never sinned. We're forgiven. That's good, isn't it? Good. It's good to be forgiven. Well, number two. I can't wait to get to it. We've been justified. We've been justified. You might have heard the word justification before. Well, justification, I've heard it explained that when you hear the word justification, just as if I'd never sinned. Justification. Just as if I'd never sinned. In other words, the believer is justified. Just as if you had never committed one iota of a sin. That's how clean Jesus justified and wiped you out. Glory to God. Amen. Just as if you'd never sinned. Justified. That's the same Greek word as for righteous. In other words, you've been made right with God also. Amen. Right with God. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But here it says the believer has been justified. And we want to turn to Romans 3, verse number 28. 3:28. Romans is full of scriptures that lets you know that you have been justified. But just to show you one at this point in time would be Romans 3:28, which says, Therefore we conclude, Paul's concluding after a long statement of what has taken place through faith, he concludes here that a man is justified or made right with God or put in a position to where he, just as if he had never sinned, he is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Amen. In other words, he's not justified or made right with God through keeping the Ten Commandments, but he's made right with God through faith in Jesus and what Jesus Christ did in Jesus alone. Amen. So put your faith in what Jesus did, see, and you will be justified if you had never sinned in your entire lifetime without the deeds of the law in what Jesus Christ did. Now let's go back over in Acts, if you would please, as you see the scriptures on the overhead projector. In Acts 13, verse number 39 here, we see as Paul continues to minister to the early Christians in the book of Acts, in verse 39 he says, and by him, who's that him? 
Who's that him? And by Jesus. See? And by him, all that believe are justified. All that believe in Jesus are justified. You believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you're justified just as if you'd never sinned. Glory to God. Amen. By faith. You're saved by faith. Not by works, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And you are justified from all things. Say that. From all things. Glory to God. We're justified from all things. Woo! Glory. That's good. Amen. The word is good. From all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. See, you could not be made right by just keeping the law of Moses. If you could, there would have never been any need for Jesus. But Jesus came and we got justified and made right with God the Father by faith in what he came to do. And he defeated that turkey, the devil. Amen. Went down into that grave and said, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive forevermore. And he rose and gave life to all mankind for you and for me, justified. Let's also turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll also see that we have not only been made justified, but we have also been made righteous. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, we see here 5, 21 of 2 Corinthians. It says, For he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made, past tense, amen, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in Jesus. In other words, we were made right with God through Jesus Christ. Why? Because he, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, was made sin for you and me, that we might become right with God. Let me read that to you in the Amplified Version, and I think you'll really get a thrill over this. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says in the Amplified Bible, For our sakes he made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin, so that in and through him we might become endued with viewed as in and examples of the righteousness of God. What we ought to be approved and acceptable in and in right relationship with him by his goodness. Glory to God. That's what happened to us in Christ. We were made right with God. Glory to God. Okay, let's go down to the next one now. Number three, the believer is a new creation, a new creation. And just look up a few verses there, if you would, in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, it should be 5.17. That's a misprint there on the overhead projector. It should be 5.17 were made new creations. And in 5.17 of 2 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, if any man, are y'all any man in that? We all any man? Okay, we're all any man, amen. Well, if any man, it says here, be in Christ. Now, when you're in Christ, what are you in? You're in his death. You're in his burial. Amen. You're in his resurrection. Glory to God, walking in that newness of life. And if any man be in that, how do you be in that? You believe it. Amen. In other words, you have faith in Christ. That's simple gospel. Faith in him. He is a new creature, a new creation. 
That is like becoming a new species of being, like becoming a totally new person. Amen? Glory to God, your spirit is taken out of that old corruptible state and put in an incorruptible state because the seed of God comes inside of you. In other words, you're changed from one state to the other. In other words, you become a new creation, a new creation. All things, remember those old things, and those old ways, and that old spirit, and that old nature? They're passed away. And then it says, behold, all things are become what? Brand spanking new. Glory to God. Amen. You have become spiritually 100% recreated in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. No sin nature in your spirit anymore. No. Your spirit has been totally made brand spanking new. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Glory. You are born again. Amen. You are changed from one species to the other, in other words. I've heard it said it's like changing a, a rat into an elephant. <laughs> Glory to God. In other words, you were changed 100%, amen, into a new creature. Glory to God. Okay. The believer is, number four, sanctified. Now, we need to look at this word sanctified in two different ways. Number one, we're sanctified when we're born again by faith. Amen. Sanctified in the Spirit. Set apart in the Spirit. But also we need to recognize that there is also a sanctification that we become more separated in our way of thinking. Amen. As we grow in the Spirit. We also become more sanctified in our actions. Our body begins to take on different actions. Amen. So when you look at this word sanctification, look at it as something that takes place at salvation and then also look at it as something that continues to take place in your mind. And I'll show this to you right now. In 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, uh, verse number 30, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 30, we see that we are made sanctified when we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we have been separated unto God spiritually. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says, But of him are you in Christ. When you were in Christ, uh, as you are now, when you believed in his death, burial, and resurrection, it says, Who of God is made. That's past tense. In other words, when you believed in Christ, you were made unto us wisdom and righteousness, that's right standing with God. You were given wisdom in your spirit. You were given right standing with God spiritually. You were sanctified or made sanctification. And then it says, and made redemption. In other words, you were redeemed. Those four things happened to you right there. You were made wise in your spirit. Amen. Glory to God. You were also made right in the spirit with God in that you were made a new creation. And then also it says, number three, that you were made sanctification, and then that you were made redemption. Amen? You were made all these things in Christ. Wisdom, the wisdom of God. Righteousness, right standing with God. Sanctification, you were set apart in the Spirit by God. Redeemed, the price was paid for you, and you were taken out of that slave market of sin. You were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That all happened at salvation. You were sanctified. 100% in the Spirit. But let's go on here now to six, the chapter, verse chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians and see in verse 9 what 
Paul was talking to the first uh, in first Corinthians to the Corinthian church here we need to see what he was saying to those that had gone through this experience here and in, in chapter 6, verse number 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, those that have not been made righteous yet by the blood of Jesus. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covenants, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? Why? Because they're not made right with God. Right? They're still unrighteous, see? But in verse number 11, what does it say? It says, and such were, past tense, were. They were. If you were any of those before you got saved and now you're saved, you were that, but you're not no more, amen? You were that, glory to God. You might have were been a murderer. You might were been a rapist. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might have were been this, but you're not anymore, Amen? You're a new creation now. You're forgiven, you're justified, you're made a new creation, and you're sanctified. See, it says here, and such were some of you. But, look at that, mark that word, but. But, but you are washed by the blood of the Lamb, amen? You're washed, but you are sanctified. You're set apart unto God now, amen? It says, but... You are justified, in other words, just as if you had never sinned, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and how? By the Spirit of our Lord. The Spirit of God came into our spirit and recreated us and born us again, and we were born of that uncorruptible seed, glory to God, and now we're not that anymore, amen. We're forgiven, glory to God. We're forgiven, justified, made a new creation and sanctified and redeemed, glory to God, from the curse of the law. Amen? Praise the living God. That's what happened at salvation to you spiritually. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, talking about this sanctification. Now here, we're going to flip over to what has to take place in your mind mentally now. You've been separated and set apart to God spiritually, but you know, man, you're not only a spirit, you also have a mind. You're thinking, amen? Your thinking might not be totally right yet, and you know what I'm talking about. Your actions might not be totally right, but what you think and what your, your, your actions are doesn't mean necessarily that you're not saved if you believe in Jesus Christ, amen? It means that you need to get them right, amen? How do you get your thinking right? You begin to renew your mind with the Word of God. How do you get your actions out? How do you get your actions right in your body? Begin to renew your mind, and that spirit comes forth into your mind and into your actions, and you begin to walk and be guided by the spirit. Now, in Second uh, Corinthians, beginning with verse number 14, chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Good question, huh? None. And what concord has Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? No part, amen. You might want to go in and witness to them, but I'll tell you what, you don't want to hang around them, amen. You don't want to become your road dog, amen, or your sidekick, or your homeboy, you know what I mean? But in verse number 16, it says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? 
for you are the temple of the living God. Remember that. We're going to be going into that in a few minutes, and I'm not going to come back and read that scripture there when we're talking about that because I'm doing it now. In other words, it says you're the temple of the living God there. But it says, and God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Brother, you're the temple of the living God. And then it goes on to say what I'm getting to here, verse 17, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now, God has recreated you and separated you unto him spiritually and recreated you 100%, but now we have to be separated. We have to be ye separate, saith the Lord, and not touch any unclean thing, and I will receive you, God says. If you want God to receive you, begin to separate your thinking and your thoughts and your actions unto the word of God, amen? and what it says to do. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. Glory to God. John 8, 31, 32, don't write it down, or if you want to write it down, whatever. It says, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. Amen. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You say, well, Charles, how do we get separated? Well, Jesus gives us his answer. How do we get separated? And in John 17, 17, how do we get sanctified? Sanctify thyself by thy truth. Thy word is truth. We get into the word of God. And as we get into the word of the living God and begin to renew our mind with the word of God according to Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. As we do that, our mind begins to be separated unto God's way of thinking. Are you with me? And as you do that, then your actions will begin to put forth actions that are sanctified and holy. Amen? Holy actions. Glory to God. In other words, sanctification is something that takes place at redemption or at salvation, but it's also an ongoing process in separating your thinking unto God, separating your actions unto God. Well, number five here, the believer is sealed by the Holy Ghost, is sealed by the Holy Ghost. And if you'll read with me in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 13, it says, in whom you also trusted. Now, that's talking about Jesus. In Christ, you trusted that he rose from the dead. Ephesians 1.13. After that, you heard the word of truth. How many of you heard the truth here in this chapel? Amen, and got saved. Most of you got saved right here. Glory to God. You heard the truth. In other words, you heard the truth. You heard the word of truth. What is the word of truth? The word of truth is that Jesus came and destroyed the works of the devil and paid the price for you to have salvation and be forgiven and be a son of God. In other words, you had to hear that with your ear, and it went into your mind, and you changed your way of thinking and said, I want to serve God. I repent of my sins. I give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ because now I know the truth, and I know if I believe in that truth, that truth will set me free. Glory to God. Amen. And if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed, John 8, 36. Amen? 
The Son set you free. You're free indeed. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus set us free from the works of the devil. That's who set us free. It says, you heard the word of truth. What is the word of truth? The gospel or the good news. Boy, it was good news, wasn't it? The good news. Glory to God, the best news I ever heard. 1975 right there, gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the best news I ever heard. And it was the good news of your salvation. It was my salvation, amen. It was the good news of your salvation. Paul writing to the Ephesians said, hey, it's the good news of your salvation. When he got slain down on the road to Damascus there, it was the good news of his salvation, amen. Glory to God. This is the good news of your salvation. In whom, that's in Christ, also after that you believed. You had to believe the gospel, the word of truth, before you could get saved. And after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I've heard it said like this. It's like someone going over into another foreign country like Jesus came down into this earth here. And that guy went over into that foreign country and he went over there and took these little wax seals and he sealed all this merchandise that, that he wanted uh, to be shipped back over to the United States, say, so that when it got back over to the dock, they would know that that merchandise belonged to so-and-so, amen? Well, that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. He went down to earth, and he sealed every one of us that believed in him so that when, when, when he comes back to receive us and do himself, we'll have his mark on us. We'll be sealed, amen? Glory to God. We're bought and paid for already, glory to God. Just as that man went over to that other country and bought that merchandise, Jesus Christ came down here into this country. He bought us, paid the price, sealed us. So when he comes back, he can say that. That's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Just like that man would go down to the dock and say, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. He sealed us, glory to God, amen? Sealed us with the blood of Jesus, glory to God. He sealed us. It also says, if we look over into Ephesians 4, verse number 30, it tells us not to do something here. It says here in 430 of Ephesians, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, you know how you grieve the Holy Spirit of God? You know where the Spirit of God is. It's down in your spirit, amen? In other words, you've been recreated of the, of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is down in your belly, amen? The Spirit of God's down in there. It's taking control of your old sick, dead spirit. You know how you grieve that spirit? Thinking something that's contrary and disagrees with God's Word. That's how you grieve it. All of a sudden, the devil will come in and say, boy, it sure would be nice to go get drunk. You say, oh, yeah, man, let's go. When the Word of God says, be not drunk with wine, we're in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Brother, your mind will be filled with the Spirit if you'll begin to give yourself to spiritual thinking, spiritual things. You grieve the Spirit when you do something contrary to what God desires you to do in His Word. You know what I mean. I mean, you know, you go and sin and all of a sudden you kind of, oh man, why did I go do that? And you feel rotten. You go to God and you say, oh Father, forgive me. He says, okay, you're forgiven. You forgive yourself and all of a sudden you feel the Holy Spirit rush through. You say, well, I'm not going to do that again. I don't want to grieve that Spirit again. You know what I mean by grieving the Spirit, don't you? Well, see, you can grieve the Spirit and you grieve the Spirit when you do something contrary to the Word of God. And that's sin. Amen? Let your thinking be corrupted to think something that is contrary to the Word of God. Well, see, it says here, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Amen? 
till that final redemption day when Jesus Christ comes and picks you up and takes you away, you're sealed with that. Amen? Glory to God. You're sealed with that Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Number six here, we see that the believer is made the temples of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. We saw over in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 a minute ago that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He dwells in us. Now also in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, a couple of more scriptures here that I want to share with you. In 1 Corinthians, it tells us that we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. See, when we were born again, when the Holy Spirit came inside of us, we became the temple. Just as in the Old Testament, God dwelled and moved around in the tabernacle out in the wilderness. He was in living in that tabernacle. Amen. When Solomon built that temple back in the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit dwelled in it, that was the Holy Spirit dwelling in the temple. Amen. When Jesus Christ came and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, that Word dwelt is tabernacled. In other words, the Spirit of God was living in Jesus and He was the temple then. Amen. Glory to God. And then he poured down his Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and we got recreated here and now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and we're his temple. Amen. See how that went forward? Tabernacle to Solomon's temple to Jesus' temple and now we're the temple. Glory to God. We are the temple of God. Amen. And we're to treat our bodies like we are the temple of God and treat one another as little temples. Amen. You're a little temple. You're a little temple. I love that little temple. We're to, oh, we're to, I love all these little temples around here. Amen. Because Jesus is in there. Glory to God. It says here in verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 3, 16, Know you not, don't you know, in other words, that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Don't you know that? You know that, don't you? Woo, it feels good too, doesn't it? Glory to God, that Spirit of God's inside of you. Woo, it's powerful in there. It's power in there, amen? That power just wants to come out. Glory to God, amen? It's the power of the living God in there. It says, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Glory to God. Don't destroy the temple of God. Don't destroy it in any way. I think you should even watch what you eat. Amen? Pray over what you eat so it will be sanctified. Amen? Don't be going out and sticking all kinds of garbage in your body that's going to destroy your body. Amen? Now, I could get off on chewing tobacco, and I could get off on dope, and I should, could get off on alcohol, and I could get off on cigarettes, you know, but I don't want to condemn you guys. You know what I mean? But remember that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Watch what you stick in it. Amen? Remember, God lives in there. Amen? And you don't want the Spirit of God in there coughing, amen? <laughs> Glory to God. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Well, over here in 1 Corinthians also, chapter 6, verse number 19, it says this, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? And you're not your own, brother. You don't even belong to yourself. You belong to God, Amen. You might take it back every now and then and do what you want to do, but you belong to God. You're supposed to do what he wants to do, and his word is supposed to live in this temple. You know, in the Old Testament temple was an ark back in there which represented Jesus Christ, and inside of that ark underneath the mercy seat, which was made of solid gold, was the Ten Commandments. Amen? Amen? Well, see, the word of God is to live back in there where the spirit is. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. The word of God is to live inside of us. It says, for you are bought with a price. 
Because of this price that Jesus paid for you, his blood and forgave you of your sin and redeemed you and justified you and made you a new creation and sanctified you and sealed you with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Because he did all this now, that's the price he paid. Amen. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not to defile it. You're not your own. He bought you. You don't even belong to you anymore. Amen. You belong to God. He belongs you to you. And you belong to him. It says, therefore, glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. Glorify God. Glorify God in your body. When you do something that you don't know if it's glorifying God or not, you say, well, is this glorifying God? Well, I don't know if it is or not. Well, you better think about that a little bit, okay? Go out there drinking this, smoking that, doing whatever you want to do. Is that glorifying God? Well, half the things, some of you that the cop out that you do aren't glorifying God. So in other words, we're supposed to start glorifying God in what we do. Amen. Glory to God. That's the truth. And I'm telling you that because I love you. Amen. If I don't love you, I can let you go off and do what you wanted to do. Amen. But you're God. You don't belong to you. You're to do what God says to do. Now, his word says to do right. Amen. His word says to do good. His word says to do things that are true, do things that are pure, do things that are lovely, do things that are of good rapport. His word says to do right. Amen. And we're to do that in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. We're the temples of the Holy Ghost. Well, number seven, the believer is delivered from condemnation. That word condemnation is another word for judgment. And in, in Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, we see just that, that Jesus Christ has delivered us from condemnation. He has delivered us from judgment. Glory to God. And in Romans 8, if you turn there, some scriptures that I want to turn you on to in Romans 8, 1 through 4, which will just bless your socks off tonight. It says, Therefore there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation or no judgment to them that are in Jesus Christ. Amen? To them that believe in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, there is no condemnation or judgment in him. Now listen to what the Amplified Bible says in that first part of that scripture there in Romans 8. It says, Therefore there is now no condemnation... No adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus who live after the dictates of the flesh but after the dictates of the Spirit. In other words, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. There is no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, let me go on in verse 2 here. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ. The law of the spirit of life in Christ. Amen. In other words, the law of the spirit that came down inside of us in Christ hath made us free from the law of sin and death. Law of sin and death was going to take us to hell, but now we receive the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Gave us life, glory to God. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free, amen, from the law of sin and death. Brother, you know the truth that's made you free. 
Jesus is the truth. We know him now. We know what he came to do. We know that he defeated the works of the devil. We know that his blood forgave us of all of our sins. We know that he resurrected. We know that because of he resurrected, he destroyed the works of the devil. We know that he gave life to all mankind because we know Jesus. Amen. We know what Jesus did, and now we're free because we know that. We know the truth, and the truth has set us free. Glory to God. And if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. Glory to God. I'm free indeed. Let me hear you say that. I'm free indeed. It's something to get excited about. Glory to God. Amen. Free indeed. Woo! I'm free indeed. It goes on to say, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. It sure was. Boy, it couldn't do anything in the flesh, man. I could barely go to the store without getting in trouble. For the law of the Spirit... For the law could not do, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He became in the likeness of that sinful flesh. He became sin for us. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Brother, he judged it right there. Amen? He judged it. What else did he do? It says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, that the righteousness of the law might be filled full. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There is no condemnation now. No condemnation whatsoever. Let's go to John 5, 24, and we'll see it again, that Jesus came to free us from this condemnation. See, he took our condemnation. He took our judgment. Amen. Whereas we were going to receive death, he went down and received death for us. He took the condemnation, amen? He took the judgment and resurrected, glory to God. Devil couldn't keep a good man down, amen? Devil couldn't keep Jesus Christ, the Son of God, down, amen? He resurrected. He took our judgment, glory to God. It says in verse 24 of John 5, Verily, verily, Jesus says, I say unto you, He that heareth my word. We heard it, didn't we? And believe on him, believe on Jesus, that sent me. Well, believe on God there. Believe on God that sent Jesus. If you believe on God that sent Jesus, you have eternal life and shall not come into condemnation or judgment, but is passed from death unto life. You have passed from death and judgment and condemnation, and you pass to life. Glory, hallelujah been given life. You say, now, Charles, I know that when I go to be with Jesus that I hear that I got to enter into the judgment seat of Christ. Well, I got news for you. When you enter into that judgment seat of Christ, you know what God's going to be doing? He's going to be passing out the rewards to you for your works that you've done. He's going to be judging your works. That's what he's going to be doing. Going to be giving out those crowns, man. All right? Hallelujah. That's why it's so important now to do works for the Lord. Not works to get saved. You can't do that but to begin to be used by God, to begin to do works for God. Well, let's go on to the next one here. The believer is, verse number 8, given peace. In Romans 5, 1, we see that when we got justified, he gave us peace. Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, being justified. We found out we've been justified. Have I made that clear tonight to you? Been justified, amen, just as if you'd never sinned. And when you were justified by faith, amen, you were given justification by faith. You were justified, and just as if you'd never sinned, by faith in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. We have peace with God. At a time there, we did not have any peace with God. Amen. No peace whatsoever. But over in Isaiah 9, 6, it tells us that, that Isaiah prophesied that the prince of peace was coming. And here's what he said. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Glory to God. Amen. The Prince of Peace came and gave us peace. Hallelujah. That's good. Over in John chapter 14, verse number 27, we see again that we have received peace. These are some exciting words that Jesus gave when he was telling them about the comforter that he was to send. In John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth I unto you. Not, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I tell you what, all my life I was looking for peace. I'd take some drugs and think I was going to get some peace. I'd draw these peace signs with these crow's foots inside of them, thinking that was peace, amen? Looking for peace all over the place, I tell you, in Haight-Ashbury and everywhere else in 1967, 68, 69, taking LSD and smoking all kinds of grass and trying to get peace. Never found it. The world can I give peace? Amen. It takes Jesus Christ to give peace because the one that gives peace is God. Amen. In other words, we have to get all that old garbage out from between us and God. Amen. In other words, I want peace with God. I tell you what, when he comes back and wages war upon the ones that don't have peace with him, I don't want to be part of it. Amen. I don't want a war with God one iota. Amen. Now I've got peace with God. He come back, a peace, I got peace treaty. Amen. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Smoke the peace pipe. Amen. Glory to God. Through Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, here in number nine tonight, we'll see that the believer is made an heir of God. Galatians 3.27. Galatians 3.27. We see here that we have been made an heir of God through Jesus Christ. It says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ and have put on Christ. You know, when you're baptized in water, for instance, or when you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're believing that you're going down to the grave with him and raising up. Amen? In other words, you're coming alongside in what Jesus did. In other words, we're to hook up with what Jesus came to do for us. And we're to believe in what he came to do. And when we go down into that water, we go down into the grave and resurrect. Go down to the water and resurrect and walk in that newness of life, as it says in Romans 6. But it says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. In his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And if you be in Christ, in other words, if you believe in his resurrection, it says you're Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. Your heirs according to the promise that was given back to Abraham. Amen? Glory to God. Then it says in verse number 7 of chapter 4, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You're an heir of God. Whether you're a son of God, glory to God, hallelujah, you're an heir of God. And then over in Romans 8, Romans 8, verse number 16, we see Paul telling us this again, 8, 16. It says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if we're a children... 
then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. That word joint heirs with Christ means that we're co-equal with Christ. Co-equal with Christ. Just as Christ went down to the grave, we went down to the grave. Just as Jesus Christ resurrected, glory to God, we resurrected and became an heir of God. And the same inheritance that Jesus got, we got, glory to God, amen, because he came and got it for us. He didn't come to get it for him. He was already an heir. He already had the inheritance of God. He was already God, glory to God, but he came to become man and he resurrected, glory to God, for us, for you and for me, and gave us an inheritance and made us an heir of everything that God God has, amen? And that's how rich we are. Just begin to walk in those riches there. Then I want to show you one more scripture. Well, not yet. Let's go on down to number 10. The believer is blessed with all spiritual blessings, glory to God. In Ephesians 1, verse number 3, we see this fact here that we're blessed with all spiritual blessings, all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, because of his death, because of his burial, because of his resurrection, we're blessed. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath. There's another past tense for you to underline. He hath. Not going to. He hath. Because Jesus rose from the dead, God hath. Amen. God hath. 2,000 years ago, God hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All the spiritual blessings that are in the heavenly places, we have been resurrected now and made to sit together with Christ in the heavenly places according to Ephesians 2.6. Look there with me if you would, Ephesians 2.6. And hath, another hath again, and he hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Glory to God. We're up in heavenly places in Christ enjoying now the spiritual blessings that we have. Good, huh? Glory to God. You're not down there underdogging it anymore. Amen? Glory to God. You're up above. It says, if any man be in Christ, let him set his affections on things that are above. Amen? Where Christ set up on the right-hand side of God, we set there too, glory to God, amen, in Christ, amen. Glory to God, we've been risen with Christ. In Galatians, talking about these spiritual blessings, chapter 3, verse number 13, there, verse number 13 of Galatians 3, we see here how this took place. Of course, we know it took place because Jesus Christ resurrected but to make it a little bit more clear to you here in Galatians 3:13 see it says Christ hath again hath hath I like that word hath hath redeemed us in other words he purchased us by his blood from a slave market of sin that's what that means he redeemed us he went into that slave market of sin and with his blood he paid the wages for our sin took our place. In other words, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. See, the law back in the Old Testament had a curse on it. Amen? But now, because of his blood, he redeemed us from that curse. It says, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. Now, when we got those curses removed, here's what happened. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Amen. Not only on the Jews, but through Jesus. Now the blessings that belong to the Jews through Abraham has come upon the Gentiles. And that's us. Amen. Through Jesus. Through us believing in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now we receive those blessings. 
It says that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Glory to God. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Ghost and receive all those blessings of God. Now you say, Charles, where do I find all those blessings that I've been blessed with? Well, I'll tell you what, you just stay in the New Testament if you want, and you'll find so many of them on the other side of the resurrection that Jesus gave to you because of his resurrection, all the blessings, all the provisions, all the heavenly blessings, all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All your needs being taken care of. Glory to God. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. But go back in the book of Deuteronomy. Go back into the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, and you'll see the blessings and cursings. Deuteronomy 28, and we'll look at the blessings and the cursings. And since i got enough time here tonight, I believe I want to read these blessings to you here. Now, you should break down Deuteronomy 28 like this. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14, is the blessings. That's the blessings, amen, that we're talking about here. Then if you go from Deuteronomy 28:15 out to the end of the chapter which goes out to 67 chapters boy there's a lot of cursings there oh boy the cursings are just the opposite from the blessings amen now in Deuteronomy 28 you see how you get these blessings now the way we get the blessings in the New Testament is obey the word what is the word come into agreement with the word come into the agreement that Jesus Christ rose from the dead Amen? You get the blessings through Jesus, see? You get these blessings through Jesus rising from the dead. You get them. Amen? They become evident in your life as you renew your mind that you got them. Amen? And come into agreement with God in your way of thinking. And as you do that, all of a sudden the blessings of God pop out and go, boop, oh, I got that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then all of a sudden you begin to act like it and run around with a smile on your face and it takes effect in your body. Amen? You see that? Glory to God. See, you got them spiritually when you got born again. Now you've got to recognize you got them in your mind and wake up to the revelation knowledge of God that all the things that are in this Bible you receive through Christ Jesus and his resurrection. Not partially, all the way. Amen? You got blessed all the way. And to the degree that you work, uh, to the degree that you come into the knowledge of that is to the degree that you will have those mentally and bodily. See, he says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so be it done unto him. Amen? Yeah, see? According to your faith, so it be done unto you. Jesus said also. Glory to God. But over here in Deuteronomy, chapter 28, looking at these blessings here, in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, it says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high. The Lord thy God will set thee on high above set thee on high above i tell you what we got set on high above when we believed in jesus christ amen we got set on high above and how did we do that we observed what jesus did and then we believed in what jesus did and because we have faith in jesus we got set on high above amen we got blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places because we are set on high above now. Amen? And then it goes on to say, high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake you. Glory to God. It's going to overtake you. Amen? Glory to God. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. 
Well, you've heard his voice. You got saved. Now faith cometh by hearing the word. As you hear more faith, according to Romans 10, 17, you develop that faith in your, in your way of thinking. Glory to God. And you become, begin to recognize that you are blessed with all these spiritual blessings. And then you wake up and say, thank you, Jesus, for all these blessings. Look here at these blessings here. Beginning in verse number three, blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou cometh in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before these seven ways the Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in thy storehouse and all that thou setteth thy hand unto and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee the Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways and all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee and the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle and in the fruit of thy ground and the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee the Lord shall open up thee his good treasure the heaven to give the rain unto the land in the season and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail and thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath if Thou have, thou have hearkened unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and do. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods and to serve them. Brother, you're blessed. Amen. Blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And you know how you receive these? By believing in Jesus Christ. That's how you receive them. But if you don't believe, look at the curse. But if it come to pass... If thou wilt not hearken unto the Lord, of the Lord thy God to observe to do all the commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city. Verse 17, cursed shall thy basket in thy storehouse. Cursed shall the fruit of thy body. 19, cursed shall you be when you come in, when you go out. You know, your enemies shall overtake you, amen, seven times. The opposite of the other ones, amen. By believing in Jesus, you are blessed, glory to God, amen, with the blessings of Abraham, amen, with the blessings of Jesus because he rose from the dead, glory to God, amen. He was better than the blessings of Abraham. But he was the seed, glory to God, that was promised to Abraham, that all the nations shall be blessed. The scriptures say not to seed as many, but unto one seed, Jesus Christ, glory to God. And he came and resurrected us, and now we're his body, and we are blessed, amen. Lastly tonight, the believer is, number 11, delivered from the evil world. Delivered from this evil world. By believing in Jesus Christ, brother, you're delivered from this evil world. You have victory, amen? And that's found over in Galatians chapter 1, verse number 4. We see here that we have been delivered from this wicked world. Glory to God. Galatians 1, 4 says this. Who gave himself for our sins. That's Jesus gave himself for our sin. That he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Brother, he delivered us. Amen. Delivered us from this 
present evil world. You know, I'm in the world now, yes, but I'm not of the world, amen? In the world, but not of the world. I'm above this world. I live in victory in this world, glory to God. Victory over circumstances. Victory over this time in prison. Victory over the little trivial things, the little temptations that come along. In Jesus, I'm victory over them. Every demon has to flee, glory to God, amen? He's delivered me. I have faith in him and in his name and what he did. And when the devil knows that I have faith in that and tries to come and put any kind of garbage on me, I tell him where to go because I know what Jesus did to him. And he knows it too, glory to God. And he knows I know. And he don't do much jumping at all. Then in 1 John 3, 8, it tells us also again that Jesus delivered us. In 1 John 3, 8, it says, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Glory to God. And as I put faith that he destroyed the works of the devil, as I put faith in that, it begins to operate in my life, and that demon turkey Satan is destroyed in my life because I'm separated unto God. Glory to God. Tonight we've seen that the believer is forgiven, justified, a new creation, sanctified, sealed by the Holy Spirit, made the temples of God, delivered from condemnation. The believer's given peace, made an heir of God, blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, and the believer is delivered from this evil world. Glory to God. Boy, I tell you what, we're blessed. We're blessed. We need to wake up to these facts like never before. Glory to God. You know, and as you begin to wake up to these facts, You'll find out that the Spirit of God that lives down inside of you as a born-again believer will begin to take first place in your thinking. See, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, he said this. It might make sense to you now. He says, to cast down every imagination, that's thought, that's thinking, and every high thing that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Brother, you've coming into the knowledge of God when you begin to wake up to these things. And any imagination that would try to come in and try to put itself against that knowledge which you have, it says to cast down. Cast down every imagination that would try to exalt itself and put itself above the knowledge that you have in God that you've been set free. And it says to bring every thought into the obedience of Jesus Christ. In other words, totally agree in what Jesus Christ has done. And when you do that, that's obedience. And then it says have a readiness, verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 10, have a readiness to revenge all disobedience. Amen? That comes against you. Revenge it with the blood of Jesus. Slap it down and cast it down in the name of Jesus. Having a readiness to revenge all disobedience until your obedience is totally filled full. Until you come into total agreement with God, not only spiritually as a born-again Christian, but mentally in your way of thinking and also bodily in your way of acting. Amen? In other words, you want to be filled full of the Spirit spiritually, mentally, and in your body. In your actions, you want to be guided by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And as you renew your mind to begin to think according to who you are in Christ, you'll begin to not have any kind of inferiority or any guilt or any fear or any condemnation. 
And you won't be thinking too highly of yourself either. You know why? Because you're thinking highly of what Jesus Christ did, glory to God, for you and made you, glory to God. And it's okay to think high of what Jesus Christ did.